Feel the pulse of the city. Feel the beat of the drum. Feel the bass blow your hair. In Las Vegas, live music delivers much more than sound. It's where music comes alive. With artists like Megan Thee Stallion, Maroon 5, Carrie Underwood, Shania Twain, Babyface, Lionel Richie, and many more. Every show is a playground for your senses. See the full summer lineup at visitlasvegas.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Belichick talked a little bit about how they brought you in and met with you before the draft. Do you remember anything about that and what were the sort of impressions of their um, I see Belichick smile. Um, usually I see him, he's like puzzle face, like a straight face guy. When I see him smile, I'm like, dang, you, you got humor. Like, I told him that. He was like, yeah. I'm like, I wasn't expecting you to be smiling. Like, <laughs> what made him smile? No. <laughs> I love that from Lamar Jackson. I hear that all the time about Bill Belichick. Oh, you get him away from football, he's a great guy. And I'm surprised he'd even smile in that setting. I guess, you know, when you're trying to potentially convince incoming players to feel good about being drafted by you, you're a little nicer than you would be to the guys who are already under contract and can't do anything about it. But uh, Lamar Jackson and Bill Belichick, and there's a lot to smile about when it comes to Lamar Jackson. If you're Bill Belichick, even though they had a quarterback at the time in Tom Brady, man, the skills that right. Lamar Jackson has, yeah. the things he can do, the things we've seen him do. He was spectacular last week. He had that long touchdown run, 78 yards. That was the dagger. That's what makes the collapse by the Ravens even more stunning. That was the dagger of daggers. There he goes, shot through a cannon. You have no chance. Defensive back thinks he's got a chance. Lamar Jackson's like, no, you're not going to. You can try, but you're not going to get me. It was over then. The the fourth quarter was 26 seconds away. They were up 21 points. Oh, my God, Baltimore Ravens. They have to be feeling it, too, and now they get the Patriots. Lamar Jackson did not throw on Wednesday. He's got an elbow issue. The news started because he had a wrap on his arm at practice. They asked John Harbaugh about it. He downplayed it, and then it came out that he was limited, Jackson was, in practice yesterday, Chris, with that elbow injury. Yeah, well, it's big news. I mean, it's it's big news because it's Lamar Jackson. And it's your throwing arm, right? But, like, I, I don't think I'm at a point of concern here. I'm not. You know, I, I, but, but like, where, where it's just interesting altogether. First off, like, I just would like to piggyback off of what you talked about. with Lamar Jackson was beyond phenomenal last week. Beyond. I know Tua's going to get all the credit. I mean, that was one of the best games I ever saw Lamar play. And, you know, again, Lamar, Lamar's team does, is not the Dolphins. It's not. They're, they're not as, the Dolphins are more talented than the Baltimore Ravens. They are, period. They have, they have to win right now with Lamar Jackson's right arm. They can't run the ball. He doesn't get to throw a screen to Tyree Kill, and he gets 15 yards, and throw another screen to, to Waddle, and he gets 15 yards. It is all on Lamar Jackson. He is the run game. He is the pass game. He made so many damn good throws. So many good decisions. He had one decision uh, in the fourth quarter where Xavier Howard almost picked him off on an out route. Other than that, he was literally flawless. Flawless. He's carried this offense so far. They can't run the ball in Baltimore, and they're built to run the ball. It's an issue. It's scary this week. That's why it's a little scary with the elbow just because you go, well, they're playing the Patriots, and they're not going to be able to run against the Patriots. They're not. And then I go, well, it's gonna, Lamar's got to carry the squad again here. And, you know, he was he was amazing. He really was. It gets lost in the shuffle because of the blunders of the Ravens. And, yeah, Tua played his best game of his career. And so everybody's, you know, falling off a chair and Tua-Nan's going crazy. But Lamar Jackson, 
It, see, that's the, to me. It's it, the, the, the he he is the team. He is the team, and that's where it's very special. That's where I look at it and go, you know, guys like him and Josh Allen and Mahomes, you know, they just they the team and the way they play is all formulated around them because they're so special. And oh, hey, we're not good here, but it's all right. Lamar, I'll cover it up, no problem. Blah blah blah. Oh, we're not that good here, but don't worry, Lamar, I'll cover it up. Blah blah blah. Blah blah blah. You know, where there's other quarterbacks in football where it's just they're part of an unbelievable great machine. It's not the same as what these guys are asked to do all the time. And uh, he's, he's been really good this year, but I hope he's okay because they're going to need his right arm to, to push the ball down the field and dice up this Patriots defense. That's pretty damn good. Patriots defense is good, very good. Just to underscore your point, Jackson had 318 passing yards, 119 rushing yards. Other than him, Justice Hill Thank had you. three for 16. Right. And one was a 13-yard game. Exactly. So other than that, it was two carries for three yards. Kenyon Drake, the starter in the absence of J.K. Dobbins, right. who as of Saturday night was supposed Sounds to play. Like Something happened between right. Saturday and Sunday. He's week to week now. Drake was six for eight. Mike Davis was five for four. Patrick Ricard, the fullback, got a carry and went five yards. Mark Andrews had a three-yard run. That is not a they, functional offense. Right. And it is all Lamar Jackson at this point. Chris, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's, he's, he's, he's special. I mean, that's where I, I hope the haters of the world on Lamar Jackson back off because, I mean, you see he's got a little weapon with Rashad Bateman now. All right, so that I think is going to make them dangerous. And then, again, it's going to show you the, more of the skills of what Lamar has to offer with a guy like that. Um, but, yeah, I'm thoroughly impressed with how he has looked through two games. Again, they didn't run the ball worth a damn against the Jets in week one. They did not. The game was, you know, kind of scary. And if you go back and watch it, you go, yeah, the Ravens won 24-9, but we were there in the second quarter, and it was like still a very low-scoring, tight football game. And then Lamar made some big throws to kind of open it up. It was all him that week. And so that's where, you know, they need him right now. I'm not sure how good the Ravens' defense is. I think that's in question. The Ravens, their front is nothing special. I don't think they have one special defense alignment on their front. So that's a little concerning with the Patriots, who we know can run the ball and all that. So they need Lamar more than ever right now, and that's why you know the elbow thing, we all got our bright lights up on that one. Lamar spoke yesterday about Bill Belichick. Belichick spoke about Lamar and whether Lamar has answered the questions pre-draft about his overall ability. Here's what Belichick had to say. Without a doubt, it's the type of player that's a you know MVP type of candidate. So I think he's more than answered him. But it will see what his contract is. I'll answer him. <laughs> I love yeah. it. That's uh, good. <laughs> that's a little twist of the knife too. Just like talking about Chase Claypool. Probably right talking about that. Yeah, right. just a little. Hey, twist. Harbaugh, just the Ravens. Little... You got to pay this guy, yeah. right? <laughs> By the way, I yesterday like had to have been new hoodie day for the Patriots because it had to have been just out of the box, and he just put it on. The sleeves were intact. It's cool. There's no holes in it. It's not ratty. It's not dirty. It probably doesn't smell like coffee or what he had for lunch the day before. I think that was, hey, here's the new hoodies. Hey, I like this. And he put on. I mean, it has the look of he's trying it on at the store, doesn't it? It, it, it does look brand new. It does. <laughs> it doesn't look like it's been washed or anything. It's got still that bright red. It's really cool. It's the first thing I noticed when it went on. I was like, damn, I need to get me one of those right there. Uh, I, I love that kind of gear right there. And, you know, the master of the hoodie, he should always have a cool hoodie on. I mean, come on. The guy, <laughs> oh, it's unbelievable. I mean, that's when you know you don't, give a, you don't give a damn about anything or what anybody thinks in life when you could show up and just go, hey, screw you guys. I look like I rolled out of bed even though I – he probably didn't go to bed here, and that's why he does that. But that's amazing. Bill's amazing. That is that is guy who was arrested in the middle of the night. That's that look. <laughs> You're <Isn't> right. That... <laughs> yeah, looking for like more drugs on the corner. Like, where's the drug dealer? I don't know where he no, went. They they busted his door down. They pulled him out of bed, and they took him to the station. And that's what he looks like. Man, uh, I gotta stop uh, dealing this meth. This is not good. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, but anyway, uh, you think they can slow him down? You, you're talking about the 
the Patriots defense and we, we talked about how the rest of the offense can't get it done. Can the Patriots slow down a talent like Lamar Jackson? That's that's what scares, you know, is a little scary, I think, the Ravens. I mean, it, it's hard to slow down Lamar ever. Lamar puts great pressure on you because of all the things he can do. And then, you know, when he's throwing the ball the way he is right now, the thing it does too, even though you go, well, they're not a good run team, you got to worry about his ability to run and some of that quarterback design run stuff to where even a guy like Bill Belichick is going to be like, gosh, I don't really want to play this defense when they get in this formation because they might be able to beat me with the pass game and something. So now I got to play this and ah, it opens this up in the pass game. But the, the, I do think it, it I, I, I don't think this is going to be real high scoring. I don't, I don't. I just, because I do think that the defensive line for the Patriots will be able to hang in there and they're not going to have to overcommit to stop Lamar. And I think they're going to also look at, you know, old Patriots defensive coach Josh Boyer down there in Miami and go, wow, they overcommitted way too many people at the line of scrimmage and look what they did. We can't do that to where, yeah, I think they're going to play it both ways and and certainly give this Ravens offense a, a tough time, no doubt. The Patriots offense continues to be a work in progress. They were better week two than they had been week one, although week one was a very low bar. Mac Jones trying to develop in year number two as a starter. Here's Ravens coach John Harbaugh talking about the challenge of dealing with the New England offense led by former Alabama quarterback Mac Jones. You know, I mean, he's a, he's a guy that, uh, that can play. I mean, he just, you know, he's a, he's a winner. You go all the way back, obviously, you track him all the way back, high school and college, but uh, he operates the offense very well. He's very accurate. Gets the ball out on time. He can he can move around the pocket. Uh, uh, he can he can scramble. You know if he has to. I don't think he wants to, but he's willing to do it. You know, and he makes some yards doing it when he when he does. And uh, a lot of respect. And he's running that offense and doing a heck of a job. Now, look, a certain element of it is we say good things about the opposing quarterback because we have to. And there was a time when saying he's a winner would get you fined by coordinating producer Matt Casey. Be that as it may, Mac Jones is in kind of a weird spot currently. He is. Josh McDaniels isn't there. The offense is a work in progress. Uh, Jacoby Myers said some stuff going into the Week 2 game that didn't get a whole lot of attention, basically questioning the scheme in New England. Now, he got a lot of balls thrown his way. Maybe that's the, the way to get the grease. He was squeaking going into that game. He was the squeaky wheel, and he got a lot of throws. But – that, that offense still has a way to go to get to where it needs to be. It does, but it, it, I do think it took a step in the right direction from week one in Miami to week two in Pittsburgh. You know, I think you, we did see a few more concepts and a little bit more aggressive passing game, and then I think their run game's coming along as well here too. So they got to go in that way. Yeah, you're, I think you said it right. They're in a, it's a weird spot for Mac Jones. Mac Jones is the kind of guy where you want to have the – Josh McDaniels, the Kyle Shanahan, the guy that's got a million different plays because you know he can process it and execute it the right way, and he's going to put the ball on the money all the time. That's why those guys liked him coming out in the draft uh, because they just go, well, I'm really creative. I put a lot on the quarterback. He can do that, and then he can make the throws and put the ball right in the right spot all the time. And, yeah, he's good that way. So – uh, that it is going in the right direction, and between Nelson Aguilar and 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 then Jacoby Myers, well, they're 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 good. I'm not going to say they're superstars, but they are good. And they got other guys that kind of round out the passing game too, to where you just can't disrespect it, you can't overplay it. And I don't know if the Ravens are, you know, again, I don't think they're a great pass rushing football team. I think some of the problems they get into is they have they don't have a good pass rusher. They don't have a marquee defense alignment, in my opinion. I don't mean to say that to be disrespectful, but I, I watched the game last weekend against Miami and watched the film again, and I go, I, I don't know. I've watched this game twice, and I don't know if I really looked at a Dolphins defense, I mean a Ravens defense alignment and said, oh, they made a special play or that was a great play. I mean, like literally never, never said it. So that's concerning. And then the Ravens, because of that, and I think this is what led to some of those crazy plays at the end of the game against the Dolphins, they realized their front four, even against the Dolphins O-line that's nothing special yet, could not even get close to Tua. So then they said, oh, we got to do some crazy crap here to help our D-line out a little bit. And that's where it can be dangerous against the Patriots. So I'm very interested to see where this goes. And, you know, another one of those one-on-one matchups where he goes, 
A lot of pressure in this game for these teams here. This is, this is going to be fun to watch with two physical football teams and good coaches. This Patriots passing game is fascinating. It's evolved to Nelson Aguilar and Jacoby Myers. Aguilar had 110 receiving yards on Sunday, including a 42-yard, yeah. I think, touchdown. Impressive catch right. uh, by him. Jacoby Myers had 95. They're trying to kind of work Kendrick Bourne into the mix. Yeah. He was a promising young player with the 49ers. He only had two catches for 16 yards. And remember all that money they spent on the tight ends? Yeah. Where are they Hunter been? Henry and John right. New Smith. No targets for – well, one target for Henry with no catches. Three targets for Smith with no catches. Devontae Parker has been MIA. He had two targets, no catches. Uh, they, they, they really need to diversify that passing game. It's like Mac Jones has two security blankets, and those are the only guys he's really throwing it to. Yeah, I, I think it's a, that's, that's pretty spot on, Mike. You know, it, it's, it's an offense that I look at and just go, well, this is like, you know, it's got the Patriot basics over the year, over the years. It's not, it's not nearly as you know, intricate and creative and, you know, you'd watch Josh McDaniels and go, oh, gosh, he's doing this and that and, oh, my gosh, this is special. It's more right now like, hey, it's a base play. It works pretty good against this coverage. We coach it up the right way and we're just going to play that style of football. So it's not sexy. It's not necessarily special that way. And, yeah, I don't think it's taking full advantage of all that Mac Jones has to offer. But that's what they are right now. And, you know, hopefully we'll just continue to see that evolution there and where they can slowly start to incorporate more and more plays and get some of these other guys you just mentioned, the football. We will continue our preview of week three. We've already talked about Steelers-Browns. We'll have a grab bag to look forward to some of the Sunday games when PFT Live, presented by Google Pixel, continues right after this. Feel the pulse of the city. Feel the beat of the drum. Feel the bass blow your hair. In Las Vegas, live music delivers much more than sound. It's where music comes alive. With artists like Megan Thee Stallion, Maroon 5, Carrie Underwood, Shania Twain, Babyface, Lionel Richie, and many more. Every show is a playground for your senses. See the full summer lineup at visitlasvegas.com. We understand that they're a really good team. Um, that's that's no secret. You know, everyone knows that they're a really good team. They're um, they're tough defensively. They're explosive offensively. Um, so I wouldn't say that we have a measuring stick for how good that these guys are. Um, because you look at it, the, their opening game, they they beat the Super Bowl champions of last year, um, and they didn't just beat them. You know, they. I mean, it, it was. <laughs> It was, it was by a lot. And the next team they played, really good team. They beat them by a lot. So you know, for us, we're just looking at uh, playing the way we play and playing the way we played for the past two weeks. And uh, we'll go out there. They'll get our best, and we'll get theirs. Oh, there's that pineapple again. Just don't turn it upside down. You weren't here for that. No. Never mind. I, yeah, I was going to say. We're talking whoa. about it later. Okay. No. Yeah. Do, do you know what it, the upside pineapple? Upside was a, down that pineapple was a, means? The, well, 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 wasn't there the guy in the stands that was wearing that? Like, I don't know. I have no idea what no, it means. No. No, no. Because remember, there was no, a guy in Miami that was dressing no, like no, that in the stands. So obviously, no, it's not no, that. No, but damn, no. that was, you came out there and surprised me. I was like, what? What are you talking about? And that just didn't sound right. Peter King and I had a conversation last week. Peter noticed the pineapple on the Baptist Health logo, and uh, it took a turn. Later in the program, and it's good to know that you watch the show. Not, not on, on Friday days. morning. Not, it's not, not happening. Sorry. Sorry. Grab bag time. Grab bag time. It's nice to know you're less informed than the more astute viewers of the program who know exactly what I'm talking about when I refer to an upside down pineapple. All right. Bills at Dolphins. What's more likely? Buffalo notches another double digit win or the game is decided by one score. The Bills are six point favorites and the Bills last 20 regular season games last 20 regular season wins, let me get that accurate, wins have been by double digits. I mean, that, the, well, they're scary that way. You know, that's where it's like, because you, you, they could be up by four, and you know, with seven minutes left, and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, Josh Allen threw a touchdown, and they got the ball back, and they won by 15 or 17. And you just go, wow, that was unbelievable. It was kind of a, a close game. I, I, I mean, double digit wins are not easy to come by. This is a Dolphins team that I do think believes in themselves. And it's a measuring stick. I, I'm going to say that, you know, it's decided by one score. But I don't say that like 
convincingly. I don't feel like great about it. I don't. You know, we know. I mean, this 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 Bills team is good. They're they're battle tested. They're ready. You know, the Dolphins, we know, are very talented, but I still think Young figuring out their way. Will the win from last week be a little too much for them to handle? And, hey, oh, we're awesome, and just talking about that all the time. You know, that'll be interesting, too. Um, but, but uh, yeah, I'm going to go one-score one game here, Mike. What about you? Short week for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Emotional scene Monday night. Easy to have a little bit of a letdown. Easy to still think the Dolphins still, you know, we're the Bills, they're the Dolphins. Yeah, they got a couple wins. But, hey, they got Tyreek Hill. And the last time we saw Tyreek Hill with the Chiefs, the next to the last time because they lost the following week to the Bengals, but the last victory for the, for the Chiefs with Tyreek Hill was that game against the Bills when he's blazing by everybody. I mean, they find a way to get the ball in his hands. And off he goes to the races, and the Bills don't have a way to track him down. So I, I'm with you. I think it's more likely it's one score. It doesn't mean the Bills win or the Dolphins win, but I think it's going to be difficult for the Bills to blow them off the field. I think they need to accept that they're going to be facing a team that may be able to match them better than the far better than the Titans and even better than the Rams. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, th- I mean, this is the game of the day, in my opinion, right here. I, I can't wait to watch this one. Yeah, because the McDaniels versus McDermott, Leslie Frazier – uh, McDaniel, excuse me, versus those two guys, McDermott and Leslie Frazier on that side of the ball. Uh, these are hey, hey, X's and O's. McDaniel, he puts you, you know, a lot of movement before the snap. You know, it's 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 gives you a lot to think about. Oh wait, we shifted a tight end here. Oh wait, now a fullback went in here in the slot, and here's Tyreek Hill over here, and he motions it over here, and we make a run to the running back or we're going to run it as an RPO and oh we don't like it we can throw a screen pass to Tyree Kill I was kind of breaking some of these things down on the podcast you know last yesterday for, for what I do on Wednesdays and that's where they put you in a bind and I always look at those Dolphins coaches as good as anybody at like breaking teams down and figuring out a formula that makes sense for their defense to stop it so that's interesting and then I don't know you know Mike I'll ask you like Dolphins they got got burned in that all-out look last week by Lamar and the Ravens. Are you gonna how much are you gonna do that this week against this freaking guy? Like how you you gonna do that a whole lot? That's another thing I, I'm interested to see. We're gonna put a, ten guys at the line of scrimmage versus Josh Allen. That that could be scary. So I'm interested to see what they do on that side of the ball too. And I think they need to maybe focus on taking away Stephon Diggs. When I talked to Diggs the other day, I didn't get the impression he got blanketed by the Titans the way that he thought that he no. would. And obviously, obviously, no. 12 catches, 148 yards, three touchdowns. But if Gabriel Davis, for some reason, isn't able to play, I think the Dolphins would be wise to try to erase Diggs and force Josh Allen to go to other guys and trust other guys. And if you can take Diggs out of the equation, that becomes a different offense. But you're playing with fire. If you try that stuff with Josh Allen, because he'll he'll be able to buy time with his legs. Here exactly comes the right. Let's all. Oh, I it's we, we talked about it earlier in the week. He's like Neo at the end of the first Matrix movie. He can slow everything down around him and figure out how to speed himself up. You're you're going to waste your time, and you're just going to set yourself up to get burned for long touchdowns if you try that with Josh Allen. Yeah, exactly right. And then you know they just they have ways to beat you, beat that his talent. The quarterback design runs could be scary against that look, like we saw Lamar with the 75-yard run. Um, they have answers, of course, in the pass game, and I think when you couple that with, yeah, their their his ability, that can be scary. I'd be shocked to see to think that Miami's going to do that a whole lot against them, but, but maybe I'm wrong. But I'm I'm very fascinated by this game. I really am. I think it's the game of the week. Let's shift it into overdrive for the rest of these. We'll start with Rams and Cardinals. Buy or sell. Cardinals will carry over momentum from week two. They were down 20 to nothing. They came back, won the game in overtime, and improved to two and one. Are you buying or are you selling as the Rams visit the Cardinals? Gosh, I'm selling, but I, there's a, I, 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 I'm close here. I'm on the fence. The one thing, you, you, you know, another thing that I, I really jumped out to me, and we talked about this yesterday, you know, can they ride the momentum? Maybe if they play the right way, if they stop like the two tight end sets, pull the guard bull crap, just open the field up, quarterback draw, option, read option, RPOs, pass the ball, blah, blah, blah. That's when teams get in a bind and that's when Kyler can make a defensive coordinator, pull their hair, their hair out. But it is the Rams and they have the team front seven that gives Kyler some issues there. So I'll sell it. Um, 
I'll, I'll sell it for right now. I don't think the Rams are clicking on all cylinders by any stretch of the imagination here, but I, I'm just not totally all in and have faith in the Cardinals yet. You know, the, the, uh, the Rams had been dominant and continue to be dominant. There's a lot, of, a lot of wins for the Rams in this series in recent years. The Cardinals got them last the year first game, in right? their first meeting. Right. And then the Rams beat them 30-23 to in December, and obviously the Rams blew them out in the postseason. Here's what's amazing to me. What? The, the, uh, this will be the fourth time they've played in less than a calendar year. Because you throw in the playoff game? Yeah. They played October 3rd, December 13, January 17, and now today. That makes it Four fresh. Four times do these two teams cross paths in a calendar year. And the difference, I think, is the Kyler Murray we saw in the last game between these two teams, ankle, I think, you know, just wasn't, didn't have that mobility. We saw that Kyler is back on Sunday with what he did against the Raiders. So – I, There's no Von Miller to contain him either here, so that's another yeah, aspect. I, 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 uh, I think that to the extent that Cliff Kingsbury just lets Kyler do his thing, I'm buying that they can build on what they did because I still have questions about the Rams, Chris. I get you there. I, the Rams certainly haven't got – I don't sit there and just go, oh, the Rams, oh, my gosh, they, it looks like last year they're definitely going to be one of the best teams in the NFC. I mean, we know they're good and they're going to be in this, but, you know, again, we, we see Stafford and the offense do some dumb stuff. You know, they have yet here two games in to really infuse anybody else in the past game except other than Cooper Cup. So that bothers you a little bit. And, yeah, I just the defense doesn't seem as dominant. So we'll, we'll see where it goes. I know I mean, this one's this one has uh, got some interesting things to go with, let alone it's personal. I think it does get personal to your point when you play four times in a calendar year. It's fresh. And the way they lost in that playoff game, I think we'll, you know, annoy the Cardinals as they prepare for the week. The next game, Sunday Night Football, 49ers at the Broncos. Jimmy Garoppolo and Russell Wilson crossing paths again. We never would have expected it this year, but it's happening. Fill in the blank. In Jimmy G's first start of the season, I expect the 49ers to what versus the Broncos? Look really good versus the Broncos. Look the best they have on offense versus the Broncos. Now, the Broncos' D is good, right? I, I And – and again, we know Jimmy G's not a world beater, but this team is damn good, and he's going to take advantage of at least the plays that Shanahan draws up and, and do it the right way. Like Even this play right there, that's a play where I look at it and go, I don't know if Trey Lance gets to option number three or four out of the backfield there and gets the ball to Debo Samuel there. I think the energy of Jimmy G is going to really like permeate through the 49ers locker room this week. Again, I've been told by a lot of people, there's a lot of people in that locker room that wanted Jimmy G as the quarterback. I know that. I'm not going to go there and, and name names and you all that. You did. Well, I, I, uh, I know okay. specific names in the locker room, but I'm not going to oh. do that. You know, So there's that there. And then here's my other aspect to it. You know, The Broncos, hey, it's shaky. The pressure's on. But Shanahan going home to Denver – Right, he wants to, yeah, the 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 Broncos chose Vance Joseph over him to be a head coach when he they could have had him when John Elway was the GM. You know, they took what what was it twenty years, fifteen years to put Mike Shanahan, the greatest coach in the history of the franchise. They finally honored him last year. I mean, what you know, what the what the freak? Like what the freak? I just knowing my buddy, I think he's gonna want to stick it up the you know where the sun don't shine on the Broncos. Yes. Yes, I know what yeah. you're talking about. Let me know uh, when you and, want me to and, tell you. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and I, I look, I agree with you. That we don't know what the 49ers would have been with Trey Lance because there was no opportunity for him to build toward his ceiling. Maybe it would have worked perfectly. Maybe they would have been even better than they ever were with Jimmy G. But now they go back to a formula that has worked. Yeah. 2019, Super Bowl. 2021, almost Super Bowl. 2020 was derailed because of that that nightmare they had at MetLife Stadium early in the season when Nick Everybody Bosa's got hurt, gone right, right. and this guy's gone and Jimmy G's got an ankle sprain that yeah. knocked him out for several weeks and they had no good backup. So if he can stay healthy, if he can keep playing, and in 2019 he started every game, he was healthy. It, it, this could work for the 49ers, and I, I agree. They're going to look like they have in recent years. We're going to wonder again why they even made the move for Trey Lance, and they're going to have a hell of a decision to make. 
when the season's over. And a lot of it depends upon what happens the rest of the way, but it gets started on Sunday night, and I think that I agree with you. The 49ers will look good. Lions looking better. Vikings looking like they were in recent years based upon Monday night. Here's Amon Ross St. Brown, one of the great young receivers in the NFL, who still is very salty about being overlooked and being the 18th receiver taken in the 2021 draft behind Dayami Brown, who he (laughs) faced on Sunday with the Washington Commanders. You know, the draft, it is what it is. Um, Like, I think, um, I mean, even the the commanders, they got a guy before me over there. I believe his name is Deami Brown. I don't know how many catches he had. You guys can probably tell me that or how many yards he had. But I don't forget things like that. You know, I see him across the sideline from where I'm standing during the game. And every team that I'm going to give every team hell. You, I mean, you honestly were watching Deami a little bit? Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't see him in the game much. That is just so <laughs> ice cold because he knows. Right. He knows. On hard knocks, he rattled off all the names. Right. He knows who Deami Brown plays for. Right. He knew going into that game. That's where some of his motivation came from. Deami Brown was on the field for one offensive snap. Yeah. For Washington last hey, year. Uh, one. Yeah. Yeah. One of your guys, too. Oh, he was. I mean, I'm, I'm wrong about that. You know, there, there's no doubt. I am. Uh, and, and Amon Ross St. Brown is—he's sticking it up everybody's butt there. It's—it's it's amazing what he's doing. <laughs> I love it. He's so chippy. I mean, I feel like me and him could be friends, and we could just you know mf everybody in the world and have a great time together. I mean, I not, not not once I tell him that he he wasn't one well, of your guys. Well, I, I think that's one of my guys Brown though. Was. He'll mf me too, and I'm like, <laughs> damn, you're right. I, so, sorry, Amon Ross. I feel bad, but he's. He's turned out to be some hell of a football player. You know, the only thing I'd say to him is don't make it personal to the other guy on the sideline. He didn't – it wasn't Diami's fault he got drafted there. Right. It's, the, it's Washington's fault, right? So, but, man, is he – he's some damn good player, and they found a way to get him the ball, and he's, he's on a special statistical trajectory right now that I don't think anybody really saw coming when he got in the NFL. All right. Uh, Take your pick. Will we see the Vikings from week one or the Vikings from week two? The love him or the love him not Kirk Cousins Vikings this Sunday against the Lions? Well, I'm going to go more towards the week one. I'm going to go that way here. Back at home after that ugly loss, I think they rebound to a degree and look more like that. You know, I'm on the fence about who I'll pick in this football game here. Um, But but either way, yeah, I I expect it to – uh, I think the Vikings should be able to run the ball on Detroit, which then, of course, as we know, always makes them very dangerous that way. Um, so I'll be interested in that. What I'm more disappointed in is that we talked about Lions-Vikings over Cowboys at Giants on Monday Night Football. We crossed that out because we're running out of time, and that's, that's a bigger game. I mean, damn, you're Vikings and the Lions? Well, hey, hey, do the show Monday, and we can talk about it all you want. Uh, well, nope, I'll be there Tuesday, though, and we can talk about it then. And I'm going to the game Monday night. That's, that's where I'm really excited, Mike. I have not been to a Giants game in probably over 20 years, about 20 years. So, and my kids have never been to a game. And I bought tickets, and we are going, and we are sitting in some good seats, and I can't wait. So it's going to be really cool. I just want to be sure that I'm not going to get a text at 6 in the morning that I have to mobilize Shireen or Miles, or Peter. I'm hungover. I've been tailgating with the Giants fans. We we gave Jerry the middle finger on the buses the way out. <laughs> it was awesome, Mike. I can't make it to the show. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's take a break. We're return an update on the injury we saw Justin Herbert suffer last Thursday night. We'll discuss that when PFT Live, presented by Google Pixel, continues right after this. Justin Herbert suffered fractured rib cartilage last Thursday night in Kansas City. On Wednesday, Coach Brandon Staley gave an update on how his star quarterback is feeling. Today, um, I think he's gotten a lot of rest uh, since the last game. Um, But I think the nature of the week is is truly going to be case-by-case, day-by-day basis. I know that he's feeling more comfortable. Uh, I know that he was able to do some light throwing yesterday, some rotational work. Um, but we're just going to take it day by day and see where his comfort level is and 
truly trust him and let him kind of be the guide of, of where we're at and make sure we're prepared uh, either way. Day-to-day is the status for Herbert. That's what it's been since day one. And over the weekend, one of the other kind of semi-Sunday splash reports coming from NFL Network was that it's a pain tolerance issue. I don't know why I'm hearing crowd noise in my ear, but, you know. I Ooh, you stink, Florio. You but, stink. <laughs> but uh, uh, it was characterized as a pain tolerance issue, and I never like hearing that because implicit in it is if the player is tough, he'll be able to play. Yeah, I hear If you yeah. can tolerate pain, you'll be able to play. I don't like that because pain is not a good thing. Pain is a signal that something is wrong. If you ignore pain, you potentially result in something worse than what you currently have. But – uh, just watch out for Dr. Needle if you're Justin Herbert. I, I, I fully expect him to play. He played when the injury was fresh. Right. I expect him to play when it's 10 days old. Yeah. It, it's one of those where I don't know if it can get a whole lot worse. You know, you play, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's, you know, of course, going to get any better either. I, I've done things to my rib cartilage i haven't fractured it but i've had like where strains pull it, it is uncomfortable you know and and of course when your life is twisting and torquing your arm and all that all that stress goes into those ribs there that area so i'm sure it'll be a pain in the butt but the good thing is it didn't seem like it affected him throwing the ball on thursday night i mean after that play right there he threw one of the damnedest throws down the middle that got them down to like the three yard line but, but it did affect him. He had that he couldn't easy run. down. He couldn't he, run. That's what I mean. It's, it seems like it's that stuff that's going to bother him. The moving and doing this and doing that and whatever else, that's where it seems like it's going to bother him. They protect the passer really well. But, th- Mike, I also got to say this, just with this matchup where it's, it's you know a little worrisome. It's just the Jaguars are like one of my new man crushes in football. Their defense, I, I love them all. I mean, and they, 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 as we saw last week, that wall that was built, we're going to build a wall. That crap got tumbled down and crushed and stomped on, and they were all over Matt Ryan. So this, this secretly is kind of a fun matchup because I think the Jaguar, I think the Chargers are legit, and I think the Jaguars are super talented and kind of finding their way. And I think part of the challenge for Brandon Staley is to get his players to forget the uniforms. These aren't the same old Jaguars. They are dangerous. They are. They can exactly. come in there and they right. can beat the Chargers. And, and look, I, I actually I had broken ribs when I was 14. I fell down a hill. Long story. But it hurts like hell. It hurts like hell. You can't move. Yeah, you breathing can't sneeze. hurts. Right. And if you get the hiccups, oh, you're screwed. Right. I learned how to mentally make hiccups go away from the excruciating pain that I endured having hiccups while I had broken ribs. And then another time, we are playing like touch football or something. I took a knee to the ribs, and they weren't broken. But that hurt like hell for a week. I mean, it's because everything you do, every move you make, it just feels like there's a knife sticking in there. But we saw, again, we saw Herbert throw the ball very well with it. He'll find a way to get through it. With or without a visit from Dr. Needle, he'll find a way to get it done. Good old Dr. All right, the Needle. Broncos trying to find a way to get it done as it relates to the most basic aspects of operating a football team. Picking a play, communicating the play, getting the players to the line of scrimmage, and calling the play. Here's Nathaniel Hackett, coach of the Broncos, on any changes that may be made to game day operations based upon his first two efforts as the team's head coach. I think that's something that we've really jumped into and wanted to make sure that we can get better at that, and it starts with me. And, you know, I'm doing uh, every single thing I can to try to put myself in position uh, to be able to make quicker, faster, more efficient decisions. Uh, George, Mooj, all those guys have been absolutely spectacular in in helping me through that process because that is something that is new for me. And uh, I think we're going to have some good answers as we move forward. You know, hey, it's great that they're trying to fix this, but, man, to have not seen this coming, to have – these are all th- – this is just not good for Nathaniel Hackett. It's not good. And they have just got to change it. they got 15 games left. They have got to make this a non-issue. This has quickly become a thing. This is the Broncos thing. And it no is. one else that I can remember in the 50 years I've been following the NFL has had this comical cartoonish inability to get plays communicated on a regular basis. This is bad. And, again – he is dealing with some titans of industry who are not going to screw around. They won't, Chris. And somebody raised with me yesterday a question I had never considered. You know, it's, it's, it wouldn't be a shock if he's one and done for a variety of reasons and guys get fired after one year a lot more than we realize, but it happens. Hey, 
with with these folks, I could see them the moment they decide this isn't our guy long term. I could see them getting rid of him during the season. I'm not saying they will, but it wouldn't surprise me because I think that's the way they make decisions. They're not going to linger on a guy that they've already decided is not our guy. We got guys we can audition on the staff. Let's see what they can do because maybe they'll be our answer long term. But he had better turn this around quickly or it is going to end very badly for Nathaniel Hackett with the Walmart captains who are now in charge of that team. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I, I hear you. It, it, it's, it's hard to defend some of the stuff that's going on. You know, it is. They got to get that fixed. You know, optics are important. You know, first impressions are important, like we've talked about. You know, but, you know, also, yeah, there's got to be uh, something in that pregame, pre-week process that's got to improve. Whether, you know, you just, hey, wait, they're playing us this way, and I got these plays I like in this situation. It just seems like it's a little slow, like you said, getting into the quarterback. There's those issues there. The offense does look better. But even last week, they were a little late or slow to adjust to go, wait, the Texans are just playing past events, past events, past events. And the game kind of turned when they finally said, okay, let's stop hitting our head against the wall and trying to make Russell Wilson look good in front of our home crowd here. And let's just run the ball. And they did that and made the proper adjustment. And that really helped them win the football game. Um, But, hey, this is, yeah, this is a different animal this week. It's the 49ers. 49ers might have the best defense in football. And, yeah, we're going to see. And they, they can't afford to be in those situations against a team of this quality that I think is going to be kind of on their A game with Jimmy Jean, like we've talked about and all that stuff. You're touching on the fringes of an excellent point, though. If the coaching staff is so caught up in the most basic aspect of operating the offense and it's a struggle and a challenge just to get plays selected and communicated and called before the clock goes to zero – how are you ever doing the next level stuff where you are breaking down how they're dealing with you and how you get ahead of that curve and how you pivot away from your plan to something you come up with on the fly? This entire dynamic speaks to an absence of flexibility of thought and implementation of that thought. That's the deeper issue here. If you can't tie your shoes, you're never going to be able to run the race, yeah, and they're having trouble tying their shoes. Yeah, I, I hear you, Mike. It, it's it's pregame process. It's process during the week to just make the game be more efficient and smooth that way. You know, again, I I, I don't want it to be you know discarded in the fact that they made a lot of proper adjustments in that second half of that Seahawks game. But yeah, I think everything's just got to happen quicker, and you got to always have these. You know, they got these sheets and they're holding them. You know, have all the hey, the plays you like on third and fourth and second down and all that, but have it also with, wait, they're playing us this way and there's that play, those plays. And then, oh, wait, wait, maybe they're playing us this way and there's those plays. You know, I think, you know, right now it seems to be a little bit like, oh, wait, they're playing us this way, so let's, oh, let's do that. And that stuff has to be figured out before the game. And then when the game comes, you start to go, oh, they're playing us this way. Okay, I got this on the call sheet. We, we already have this department. We kind of expected them to do this, and that's where you get to it, at least in my experience. That seems where it's a little slow right now. You know, like I said, the adjustments have been proper. Just you know, getting the play in and when they happen have just been a hair slow, and, and now, you know, like we talked about after week one, the microscope's on them because of that situation with the field goal kicker and all that. I do a Wednesday early evening spot on KJR in Seattle every week, and obviously they're taking specific delight and glee in the fact that Russell wished for something and he got it, and it isn't quite going the way that he expected. And I don't think it's fair to compare him to Peyton Manning because I look at what would Peyton Manning do in this situation. Mm. He would start clunking heads together like Mo and take over. But it just feels like Wilson is more of a bystander in this process to yeah, me. Yeah. And he needs to get more involved. He needs to assert himself <clears throat> more and help fix this and be part of the solution. We have to take a break. When we return, the feats of strength from week two of the 2022 NFL season, PFT Live, presented by Google Pixel, returns right after this. Now you're not big on social media, but how much of the, the reaction to the 0-2 start have you felt seen? Well, what's great is I don't have Twitter or Instagram right now, so I've seen none of it. We, uh, we're focused on what's going on in there. I'm sure it's not a very good reaction, uh, <laughs> but 
I think it'll be a different reaction as we get going here. Is the Emperor in dark mode again? <laughs> um, I haven't had it for a while. If I, uh, I don't know, we'll see. How do you do that? What do you do? You just block it? You block it or... Just delete it off the phone. Oh, Joe Burrow dealing with the fact that Home Alone 2, not nearly as good as the original, as they try to work their way out of a hole that they have made for themselves. We'll see if they can do it this weekend. As Who do they even play? I can't remember. All of a sudden, why am I drawing a blank? Oh, the Jets. The Bengals play this weekend. Oh, the Jets. They're in That's New right. York. The, the Mike, Mike White, White Hall, Hall of Fame game. Right, right. Yes. Yes. All right, so it's the, it's the matchups for all of week three, Thursday, Sunday, Monday, any game you want to pick. What are the matchups you're looking for, Chris? Well, I, I'm going to go to one that we haven't hit on yet that I think, you know, is kind of sneaky good. And, that's, and I know they don't, this is not against each other, but it, it's, we're all going to talk about it like that. Is Wentz versus Hurts. Washington, just that, that combination. What's Wentz going to look like against his old team? And really, you know, added to that, the downfall of Wentz is when they drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round. It just gave everybody in Philadelphia, as soon as Wentz played good, hey, let's play him, let's do that. So, you know, I just the, – the, the intrigue around that, Wentz has been playing pretty good. They got a good passing offense. We know Hurts and the Eagles are good too. So I'm just excited, I guess, to see the showdown of the quarterbacks there and how that kind of goes and how we all talk about it after. I was tempted to go Josh Allen versus Tua Tagovailoa because it's quarterback showdown and maybe there's something there. Maybe it's the beginning of a new rivalry. I got to go Tua versus the Bills defensive line, though, because remember last year it was early in the season, Bills and Dolphins. Tua got hit hard. He had the rib injury. They're not broken. They are broken. And they didn't have Vaughn Miller last year. We were talking earlier about how the Rams don't have him against Kyler Murray. Well, now the Bills do have him against Tua Tonga-Vailoa. And I think how Tua deals with that pass rush is going to be critical. Making decisions quickly, getting rid of the ball, not getting hit, because we saw last year the Bills derailed the early part of his season when they got together, I think, in week two. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. And uh, yeah, that's where it is. It's where it's interesting, too, because – you know, I've broken this down pretty hard. The Bills, because they're good on the D line now, and they're really legit up there, they don't have to do quite as much blitzing or, you know, Edmonds and Matt Milano up at the line of scrimmage in a gap because we got to help our guys get a little advantage. They can just go back and play football and attack the ball that way too. They're much more dangerous on that side of the ball that I think gives them a better chance to maybe contain some of this stuff. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. It's, uh, you know, like we talked about earlier, I think it's the game of the week and for, for my money. Um, I'll go. I'm going to go back to like the San Francisco our game on Sunday night. Shanahan, Denver, more like Shanahan versus Ed Donatel. I guess that's where. Um, I'll, I'll, oh no, it's um, I always get this mixed up because he used to be in Denver. Yeah, EJ Evero, not there. I know EJ yes. Evero. Excuse me. I know. I, I because Ed at one point was there. They're all from the Fangio tree, and I get them mixed up in my brain for whatever. EJ Evero. Broncos defense has been pretty damn good. They have, but they haven't played an offense like this yet. It's been Geno Smith and Davis Mills they've had to deal with. And like we talked about with Shanahan, his X's and O's, all the things they make you think about, right? You know, can they make the proper adjustments and deal with all the stuff? And then, yeah, it's not the Trey Lance offense. you got to go back to last year and watch Jimmy G and, and all that. that. That's something I'm extremely uh, interested to see. You mentioned Hurts with your first pick, and – Originally, Ed Donatel with your second pick inadvertently. We saw Hertz carve up Ed Donatel's current yes, defense right. in Minnesota. I want to see what Jared Goff does against that Vikings defense because it was just about four years ago to the day that the Vikings went to Los Angeles and Goff destroyed them, dismantled them. And again, it's a different look now. It's different personnel. Anthony Barr is not there to try to cover receivers and yeah, running backs. When right. He shouldn't Remember be. that? Yeah. But, but Jared Goff. You know, it felt like he was always a short-term answer for the Lions, but maybe he yeah. can give them Doors what cracked. they need. Maybe right. there's a little bit of a rebirth for him, and this is an opportunity to stick it to the Vikings. And that series has become Barnburnerville. Great game last year in Minnesota. Great game in Detroit. Maybe we'll get a great game on Sunday. All right, we'll take a break. Round three of the Week 3 matchup draft when PFT Live, presented by Google Pixel, continues right after this. 
Last round of the matchup draft for week three of the 2022 NFL regular season. Chris, what do you got? Gosh, I, I, that Jaguars D-line versus Chargers O-line is intriguing. Lamar versus Belichick is intriguing. But we kind of hit on those, so I just want to give a little curveball. And feel free to hit those if you want. Um, but but how about the, the Andy Reid enemy versus Gus Bradley with the Colts? Because Gus Bradley, where did he come from? The Raiders, right? The Raiders are one of the first teams that kind of gave the Kansas City offense problems, right? We were, oh, man, Gus Bradley might have figured something out. Well, the, the, the Chiefs figured something out, and they absolutely tore apart that defense last year. And, you know, that defense, Gus Bradley, he's the inventor of the Seattle scheme, right? They don't change a whole lot, and I just want to go, if they don't change a whole lot, they're going to be in big trouble. Because last year it was well, they scored over forty points in both games, and and Mahomes looked like unstoppable. So that's where I want to see if the Colts want to win a game here. I do think they got to adjust the way they Gus Bradley has played against Kansas City. Yeah, and look, I I think that they got far bigger issues with that offense in Indianapolis. We talked about Matt Ryan earlier. Is it possible that he has just lost it? Yeah, is it yeah. just over? Is it done? Is he reached a point where he no longer has it? Uh, in him physically to get it done. I can go a lot of different directions here, and I don't like to repeat things we've already discussed, but I am fascinated by what Kyler Murray does against the Rams defense, Aaron Donald and company, because he was so ordinary last year. It it was so glaring. We we were kind of surprised the Cardinals were willing to make the huge financial commitment because the last thing we saw from Kyler Murray was his worst game ever at any level of football. So this is kind of a chance for him to exercise some demons, to to right the ship again, and we saw it. And Cliff Kingsbury suddenly had this realization, Chris, I just let Kyler Murray do what he does best and get out of the way. Yeah. With great players like that, with rare special talents like that, that's all a coach can do is just say, go do your thing. And the right. more the Cardinals do that, the better off they're going to be. Right. And, and play to the strength of your team, to your point, and play to where your money is on your team. Where it's it's all over there, so I, I'm with you. And you know, you discussed it. The Rams' defense hasn't looked the same. There is no Von Miller. You know, will they be able to contain him? This this will be a big one. But I, I'm with you there. There's yeah, there's some good there's some good games this weekend. It's going to be a fun one, that's for sure. Really good games for Week Three. And coming up later today, the Joint Mega Picks podcast, in which Chris and I will pick every single game and hopefully get more than a few right this time. We'll see you later, everybody. Have a great Thursday. See ya. Feel the pulse of the city. Feel the beat of the drum. Feel the bass blow your hair. In Las Vegas, live music delivers much more than sound. It's where music comes alive. With artists like Megan Thee Stallion, Maroon 5, Carrie Underwood, Shania Twain, Babyface, Lionel Richie, and many more. Every show is a playground for your senses. See the full summer lineup at visitlasvegas.com.